It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Tuesday episode of Locked On Raptors, I'm back from vacation and have not read anything for like three weeks. And so we're catching up on the news that's surrounding your Toronto Raptors with the wonderful Katie Heindel on today's show. We'll talk about Kevin Durant, of course. We'll talk about the Raptors maybe being a sleeping giant in the Eastern Conference per one Washington Post writer and so much more all coming up on today's episode of Locked On Raptors. Thanks so much for being here for the return. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of mess. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on? Welcome to episode number, God, good luck guessing this one, 1234, <laughs> I don't know, of Locked On Raptors for Tuesday, August the 23rd. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com, still very much in vacation mode. Uh, you can find me on Twitter as always, at Woodley Sean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors. You can find the podcast for free on all your favorite podcast apps. You can go subscribe to, follow, rate, and review. It's very much appreciate when you do that you can also go to youtube and find the podcast for free in video form each and every day as well just hit the big red subscribe button over on youtube and support the show and as always a big thank you for making us your first listen of the day all right three weeks have passed since last i recorded a fresh episode of this podcast people really did not seem to like by the way the uh reflections on raptors heartbreaks uh no one likes to revisit bad feelings i think people need to get back in and acquainted with their bad raptors feelings in order to help them appreciate the good stuff that's happening now but that's besides the point we're back we're talking about things that are fresh much like kevin durant and his trade request and all of that stuff uh that we have been waiting for the entire offseason we'll get into a few more news and notes items from the last couple weeks i've literally just pulled up toronto raptors and news on google just to kind of give me a a a bit of a compass for how this episode is going to go and joining me for today's show is of course katie heindel from dime from basketball feelings from spinsters sometimes uh all over the place katie what's up hi man it's good to see you again it's good to see you too good to chat um Last time I saw you, I was drinking way too many tequila shots at your (laughs) celebrating uh, your recent nuptials. Yes. uh, I think, did I have a tequila shot with you at one point? Yeah, with with, uh, uh, Olivia and I coerced you, but it didn't take much coercion. It did not. uh, For the people out there, I was dealing with a horrible (laughs) stomach bug on the day of my wedding to the point that our photographer... Uh, has offered to like go through and touch up some of the pictures where I look like a ghost. To you were looking a little, a little, little color. gray. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, it was. It, it, I had like waves throughout the day. Like started off pretty well. Dinner time, really rough. Speech. I thought I was gonna pass out during at the, my speech, and then as the night progressed, as I decided to have a couple of drinky poos, I uh, you know settled into a pretty good zone. And then of course my fiance got the same bug the day before we left for our honeymoon, and I oh, wasn't no. sure she was gonna get on the plane. It was a great time, uh, <laughs> but. It was wonderful. It was a fantastic, fantastic wedding. You and Vivek were both there. It was a locked on mm -hmm. Raptors hangout. It was mm -hmm. uh, very, very wonderful. So uh, back now from my honeymoon and we're going to dig into some Raptors news, Katie. Like Kevin Durant, uh, <laughs> like this is just never going away, is it? I thought maybe three weeks, this will like go away. We'll never have to talk about this ever again. But no, that's not the case. Kevin Durant still not traded, still on the nets. Since uh, the last time we recorded a, a fresh podcast, Kevin Durant has given an ultimatum to the nets, whether or not they're like to either fire Sean Marks and Steve Nash or trade him. Uh, before we get into that, what was your reaction to that news? Did that uh, make you feel badly for Sean Marks and Steve Nash? Is that the just desserts that Sean Marks and Steve Nash deserve for letting Kyrie Irving be a part-time player and sort of bungling this whole situation? Uh, what was your response to that, Katie? Well, I don't really feel bad for those guys ever. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't feel bad for them then. But I did just, it was more thinking, well, like, you can't be bad about something that you uh, had, a, had a direct hand in making mm -hmm. happen in mm -hmm. terms of the Nash hiring, right? You know, this is what happens, yeah. I think, when uh, I equated it, honestly, to like, I'm all for player empowerment. I think it's great. But there's also, I think, a line when as players get more and more involved in front office uh, stuff, I equated it to the times and I've had jobs and i've like said i want i want i really want more responsibility like i want to be involved more you mm -hmm. know um whether that's like in your equivalent of that of a front office in a day-to-day -day job like executive level stuff and then you know six months later you're like this kind of sucks i don't really <laughs> want this much responsibility uh, and i think that's there's something to be said for um you know superstar athletes who it, their job is to like their job is primarily to play basketball definitely mm -hmm. it is to exercise the things that they want uh you know whether that's like contractually or the teams they want to play with and where they want to go but i think when these things get a little bit conflated where they realize like oh yeah some of the front office stuff is pretty boring mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. maybe i don't want to actually be entangled in it all the time so that to me was the kind of comeuppance of of durant wanting to make decisions like that yeah uh anyway things are growing great TBD. with the nets i think is the takeaway yeah. here it's all going wonderfully they're not screwed uh definitely not screwed uh i, I guess so we'll bring it then to the report from yesterday that the memphis grizzlies are now a team that is potentially kicking tires on durant mm -hmm. the raptors still in there is like one of the main potential teams along with like the celtics and the heat and i guess the suns even though the suns keep on putting together like here's mikhail bridges in like some picks will that be enough please brooklyn please it's just like we've been doing this it's like when you're short of change at like mind. the the yes. depth, the depth or something and you're like empty your pockets you're like Ooh, i have a nickel yeah uh, I have is this, it all like, right if i just pay a little less this time i'll get you yeah. back next time i have a yeah, couple uh, american pennies i know we don't even have pennies here anymore will you take will you take these yeah yeah um, I'll write you an IOU for 14 cents if you really need me to. But yeah, mm -hmm. the, the the Grizzlies are in the conversation now, it seems. The Raptors still on the periphery. My assumption that the Raptors have 
just kind of like said, here's our sort of like third best offer, take it or leave it. We're not really pushing to make a move. I feel like that's probably still the case at this moment. Um, I don't know. What, what's your read on this? And I guess to tie it back to the team that we talked about here on this podcast named after the Toronto Raptors, like, are you feeling any differently about the KD Raptors stuff now than we were maybe three weeks ago, the last time we dug into this, the last time it was kind of in the news as the Raptors were um, sort of circling this? I guess the Celtics stuff came out and that kind of quieted the Raptors stuff. Like it hasn't felt like the Raptors have been like a serious contender for KD for quite some time now, but where are you at and sort of the Raptors of it all with KD? I'm in the same place, honestly, uh, mm-hmm. I, but I think it's actually looking farther away for any team to land KD because what's become yeah. clear is the asking price is still so high. And a lot of the teams that want him and could use him definitely are almost like they're they're too good and they know they're too good that they're not trying to leverage their entire roster, right? Mm-hmm. Or like forfeited in, in this case to get him. So that's where you see like even with the Grizzlies, it's like, yeah, we're not going to give up. Desmond Bain, right? Like, which is insane, which but is amazing, yeah. which is like wonderful <laughs> to me. Huge Desmond Bain supporter, also just like a, a huge supporter of like that kind of arc for a player because it's totally. so rare and it just shows yeah. like you know, obviously like mirrored in a player like Fred Van Vliet for the Raptors, but shows the kind of work from the ground up to just like make yourself invaluable to a team, right? And figure out exactly what they need and how you've got all those qualities. Which he does, but it's like, you know, a year ago to be like, yeah, the Grizzlies wouldn't part with Desmond Bain for Kevin Durant. You like unheard of. But I think I mean, it's it's insane for them to say that right now and actually think they're going to get Kevin Durant is the thing. Like, they're not getting him. It's great. (laughs) It's cool. Good for you. Like the Raptors doing the same thing with Scotty Barnes, who I Mm -hmm. think is decidedly uh, higher upside. P- player than Desmond Bain, but like I don't know if they're, if we're they're not. Important. This is not a knock Desmond Bain podcast. It's not Desmond Bain rocks. He should be a Toronto Raptor instead he of should. Malachi Flynn. Um, but like if the Grizzlies are actually professing to be like a serious, we want to get Kevin Durant team, and they're like, but we're not going to give you the best young player who's not John Morant that we have. Uh, they're not getting Kevin Durant. That's just kind of how it's probably going to go. But that's where I think we're at, right? Like with the yeah. with the Durant stuff, it's just like the asking price is is known to be as high high as it is for like every single team that's ever let's like enter the conversation thus far. Yeah. Um. And it's too many teams are too good, right? Like too, this is yeah. a good testament to kind of league wide the shape of things. Like a lot of teams yeah. are like, no, they're not maybe championship contenders, but they're good enough to like get in the playoffs again, right? And like have a, a pretty deep run if they kind of adjust and tweak some things here or there so why blow it all up for one guy who honestly now there's so many questions i and rightly so like swirling around like okay if he forces a trade out of brooklyn Mm -hmm. where he really wanted to be what happens if like can he just turn around and do the same thing you know on any other team so uh, there's like uh you know there's some questions there so i think the raptors are in the same situation and i think the most realistic outcome to me is Durant just stays in Brooklyn. Yeah, I think at this point I'm kind of closing the book on the Raptors getting KD unless, you know, some sort of strange movement of enormous tectonic plate proportions Mm -hmm. happens with the Nets. And, like, 
if that happens, great. But, you know, there's enough teams now that are kind of on the periphery that they could probably beat, like, the Gary Trent Jr., OG Ananobi, and all the picks offer. And so uh, it just seems pretty unlikely. And at that point, like, I'm fine. Like, whatever. Like, the Raptors are going to be awesome next year and super fun. And uh, potentially, per one Ben Golliver, who's a former guest of this podcast, who's a lovely fellow, very tall man, uh, <laughs> potentially a sleeping giant. In the Eastern Conference. We'll talk about that. The PC wrote yesterday for the Washington Post in just a sec. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Rocket Money. If you keep on saying you need to make a budget but never do it, if somehow you keep missing credit card payments, if you're afraid to look at your bank statements, then it's time you take back control of your financial life. Meet Rocket Money, formerly Truebill, our favorite financial app. So why did Truebill change its name to Rocket Money? We'll, we'll tell you why that is. Truebill is now backed by Rocket Companies. It's grown from a bill management app into a full-on personal finance empowerment tool that helps over 3.4 million people with budgeting, lowering bills, canceling subscriptions, and more, saving each of their members on average 700 bucks a year. And with all that growth comes the next evolution in Truebill's story, a new name. Bottom line, Rocket Money is everything you loved about Truebill, but with a fresh look and feel. Start canceling your unused subscription. Save money at rocketmortgage.com. It's rocketmoney, that is, .com slash LockedOnNBA. That's rocketmoney.com slash LockedOnNBA. Or download the app from the App Store or Google Play. Go check it out. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, we continue on here with your first listen of the day. Digging back into some Raptors news after many, many weeks away, looking at mountains and oceans and animals and whales. Whales are animals. I don't know why I'm drawing a line of delineation. Uh, land animals, sea animals, both like animals that do both, like seals and sea lions, all of that stuff. It's Get been drawing all of my attention away. Both. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the scientific term for it. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm reading a book right now about mammals, Katie. That's what they say in there is the scientific term. I got, that guy does both. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, Katie. Uh, let's uh, talk about Ben Golliver, shall we? Tall man, uh, writes for the Washington Post these days. Uh, of course, the author of Bubble Ball as well, fun book. Uh, and he wrote yesterday for the Washington Post about the Raptors being a sleeping giant in the Eastern Conference despite a quiet offseason, kind of pointing to, yeah, all the other teams made bigger, splashier moves. Yeah, the Celtics and Bucks are kind of the better teams right now. But you look at the Nets and the disarray they find themselves in. The Sixers aren't exactly young and are kind of always sort of hanging on the edge of a Joel Embiid <laughs> injury or a James Harden forgetting how to play basketball situation. You've got the Heat. Your beloved Miami Heat, Katie, who have lost. Your beloved P.J. Tucker, who are very old, who are, you know, going to have to play a lot of Tyler Hero, it seems, this year, which might not be the best thing in the world. Um, and the Raptors are just kind of chilling, and they've had this offseason where they've not really done a whole lot, but it's kind of good that they haven't mm -hmm. done a whole lot and speaks to the sort of health of the organization as it stands right now. So I ask you, Katie, 
are the Toronto Raptors a sleeping giant in the Eastern Conference? Are they already like awakening? Like, what? Like, do you agree with the assessment from our pal Ben Golliver over at the Post? Uh, you know that the Raptors are kind of in a perfect position to rise up the ranks of the Eastern Conference in the next year or two here. Um, I would say okay, yes, in that you've got now the one season development uh, and now off season development. Of Scotty Barnes. Who, by the way, is roasting uh, baristas in pro-ams like uh, you would hope he would. But uh, it's fun to watch him dunk on people who will never touch an NBA floor. That's fun. Sad. Um, (laughs) And you've got the, you've kind of had the gelling another season of of Gary Trent Jr. Precious Achua exploded. So, yes, there was something for that last season. We've obviously talked about it a ton at length. I think this kind of observation of the team being a sleeping giant has more to do. Sorry, there's a dog escape. That's all right. We love dogs on the pod. George or Captain George? Cap's about to make his escape, and George is blasting through the door, so it might get louder. Um, (laughs) Anyway, because you've had, yeah, I think I think the moves that the team may still make. What we just mentioned about Kevin Durant, but probably won't has done that thing where they optically put, like push them to to the attention of a lot of you know media members um not not Ben Golliver. I think he's definitely a person who is like usually aware of kind of he's like with the, it yeah he's undertones of the league but in a general sense has probably put the Raptors back on a lot of people's radar of like mm-hmm. where the Raptors were not before uh, so I think there's a sense of like oh this team thinks they don't need a player like Kevin Durant because they're already good enough or intact enough, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that goes along. <laughs> the dogs think they need Kevin Durant. The, the dogs yeah. are in a, <laughs> the dogs have escaped. Um, because I think that I think that confidence. You know, we talk about this a lot. Sometimes it is like presentation and how a team really puts themselves forward. And I think Masai is aware of that. I wrote about that when I way back now, it seems ages ago when it was, when I wrote about the Raptors trying for Kevin Durant is like, it's good right. to be in these conversations as mm-hmm. a GM and as a team, because it shows that you're in the mix. Right. So I yeah, think for sure to me, they're, they're like uh, the, whether the giant is asleep or awake, it's the same <laughs> as it was last season. <laughs> You know, yeah. <laughs> like their presence is there kind of looming has been and is still remains to clarify like how that will look going into this season. They're definitely going to look way more intact, way more complete, um, mm-hmm. better by all accounts. But to me, that's kind of like that's how you and I talked about their trajectory yeah. all along from like last yeah. season into this. So maybe it's just, yeah, the wider world cluing in. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have felt as though this team is in line for a pretty impressive 22-23. Like, it, I've been very bullish all offseason. Maybe it's just because it's the offseason and it's mm-hmm. easy to kind of get bullish. But it's a great time like, to be, yeah, It's unhinged. the best time to be <laughs> bullish. Uh, it, but, you know, I just feel like everything we've seen suggests that some big things are coming and maybe they don't go and win a title this coming season. I would be pretty shocked if they did, frankly, I'd be pretty shocked if they made it past the second round this coming season, but there was enough to really kind of latch onto last year, not just like fake 
surface ken birch averaging 11 and 7 at the back part of the tampa season stuff like very legitimate like oh precious a chew is like an otherworldly defender oh pascal siakam has become an offensive engine who can drive a half-court offense for a team uh scotty barnes is freaking scotty barnes like all of this stuff is very real stuff to latch onto to say hey like this stuff plus a little more continuity internal growth going into next year the team that just won 48 games and was like the second best team in the eastern conference after january 1st mm-hmm. yeah there, there's probably gonna be a pretty healthy amount of success on the floor for this team this coming season and i i, I agree it's probably like not to denigrate our pal Ben Golliver, because, you know, you got to write national stuff and, you know, it probably is always going to be a little bit later to the party than the local people covering the team, just just the nature of how it works. But um, I, I don't know if it sort of says anything that Raptors fans didn't know necessarily, but it is nice that the Washington Post is doing Raptors propaganda. That's pretty swell. Uh- <laughs> yeah, just there's just upsides to that. Yeah. Let me ask you a question, Katie. So I think for the next few years, three teams are going to kind of be talked about in the same breath. And obviously the Raptors are a little bit ahead of both of these teams that I'm going to mention with them in terms of their curve based on how last season went. But because they all drafted in the top four of the 2021 draft, I think the Pistons, the Cavs, and the Raptors are all going to kind of be entwined. And like I could see a world in 2027 where the Raptors, Pistons, and Cavs are like the class of the Eastern Conference because they have Evan Mobley and Cade Cunningham and Scotty Barnes and they're like the best players in the conference. Like that could totally be a thing that we're talking about. Obviously not all of the best players in the league are going to come from the same draft, but it does Mm -hmm. seem like it was a pretty special draft. So maybe we can allow some, you know, special occurrences for this, you know, specific group of guys who went. Where do you kind of plot the Raptors in with those teams? Like, do, do you kind of view the Cavs and Pistons maybe a little bit behind the curve at the moment? But like, are they kind of on the same plane as a sort of trajectory for you? Or because of the Raptors sort of built in sort of infrastructure with guys like Siakam and Fred, like, are they always going to kind of be a bit of a cut above those teams who have the transcendent young guy or two in, you know, the case of Garland Mobley or Kate Cunningham and Sadiq Bay or whatever, um, but, you know, don't have quite the sort of veteran core the Raptors have. Like, how do you sort of love those teams? Because I think you could probably say the Cavs and Pistons are also sleeping giants in some mm-hmm. way. Just maybe they're going to be sleeping a little bit longer. <laughs> I think that's a fair assessment. I, I think the Raptors, yes, are are ahead of that curve um, because not necessarily in personnel. So, like, well, they could still stand to maybe add somebody here or there, and they may they may yet. Uh, I think you've got the experience in your front office, you know, uh, and I think fresh, you've got the experience, like the holdover experience of mm-hmm. players that were in the title run. Um, kind of lending to that, whereas the Cavs now and the Pistons don't have that. Um, yeah. So I think that adds a lot. I think the Cavs are closer than the Pistons because the Cavs, they got a sense of what they had last season mm-hmm. and how far it could get them. I think they'll get back there this year, but I also still think they've got some growing to do. The Pistons are probably the, the growing farthest. is uh, getting someone other than Lowry marketing to be their small forward, but that's. I that's believe point. in that experiment <laughs> still. I think it can work. Um, you know that the, they were not. He was not healthy for the beginning of the season. Jared Allen was not well. You know, like mm-hmm. he was injured at the end of the season, so they mm-hmm. didn't. That that certainly hobbled them and did not help their like continuous development. Mm-hmm. Uh, the. the 
the Pistons are now in this very interesting stage of they have all the parts that they wanted. Not trying to make a car analogy here, <laughs> but they <laughs> lack the <laughs> like the tenured experience I talked about with the Raptors. Mm -hmm. They haven't gotten as close in a long time, right? So they didn't have that, which the Cavs did have last season. So yeah. they're in a very raw state. I would yeah. say it's really interesting to me. That is the team that I'm the, probably the most excited to watch because it's going to be so raw and weird mm -hmm. and explosive in probably the wrong way at times, <laughs> you know, um, but they've got the skill and the talent and it's all very green and really young. So yeah. it's very teal, from, Katie. It's it teal great. now. It's beautiful. That was teal. the big news of what, the last three weeks is they Gorgeous. got the teal back. Yeah. Can't wait to get a full <laughs> kit. Be a full kit wanker for that team. Um, but they have Casey, <laughs> Which right? Which player Which... will you get a jersey of, Katie? That's tough. I made the horse sound. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Sadiq, probably? It's pretty good. I'm a Getting Bay out of jersey is pretty solid. It's a good yeah, name. Bay is yeah. pretty good. Um, but you've got Casey, right? Who is like probably one of the most storied, experienced coaches in the league. So, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I do think that's a fair assessment. They're not going to grow. It won't be a uniform growth by any means. I could also see something where, like, for some fluky reason, one of those teams, like, jumps ahead of the Raptors or, like, the the Pistons jump ahead of the Cavs, like, one mm -hmm. season, you know, and then they, they kind of even out the next season. But I do think these three – like, one, I think the Detroit-Toronto <laughs> rivalry, which started as a joke <laughs> – yeah. is going to become more serious Yeah, it's not going away. And the same, honestly, with the Cavs, because we saw a little bit of that with just like, you know, the Scotty Barnes windmill. Uh, and I just think like the age, right, and the skill level of the players, they match up very well between Toronto and Cleveland. Mm -hmm. So I think those will become this very interesting, like well, we should come up with a good name for it, something like a triangle. Yeah, the the uh, beat reporters Bane triangle because we're gonna have all these reporters being like, I don't want to travel to Cleveland and Toronto all like the time. The Bermuda Triangle, but games. not Bermuda. Yeah. Like, is there like a regional? Like, is there like a regional? Um, either like a regionality <laughs> slang or like kind of a, mm -hmm. a regional like weather pattern could be a good one. Oh yeah, um, putting yeah. this out. I'm putting this out to the listeners. Yeah, comment below what you think the trio of Detroit, Cleveland, and Toronto should be referred mm -hmm. to over the coming years. Mm -hmm. uh, it'd be very very appreciated because my brain's not firing at the level to think of something better than uh beat writers bane triangle uh <laughs> but yeah ooh, rivals the rappers need a good arrival uh they do. the whole nba needs more good rivals well I that's think. why they started rivals week <laughs> yes We'll talk about that. Let's talk about that coming up in just a second here. Uh, we'll finish up the show before we do that. However, reminder, go check out Locked in NBA every single day on your favorite podcast apps and on YouTube. It's free. They dig into all the big stories like Kevin Durant. Still a thing that's going on. I could have recorded this three weeks ago and it would have been the same. Uh, but, you know, the Grizzlies talk and all that stuff will be on there. So go and check out Locked on NBA each and every day wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. 
Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Katie. Uh, Rivals Week. Uh, So you did a piece while I was away digging Mm -hmm. into the NBA schedule, how it all comes together. I'm not going to lie to you. I have not read it yet. uh, Well, you should because I I interviewed one of the most delightful people, (laughs) Gene Lee, who is one of the the people at the NBA who puts the schedule together. Mm -hmm. A lot of like, you know, how this stuff, how this stuff works kind of behind the curtain look from a very patient man who answered some extremely (laughs) i don't even want to say dumb questions but like fully formed ideas i had in my head of how this thing got made that he Mm -hmm. was just like that's crazy that would never (laughs) happen um but one thing we did talk about was uh rivals week which Mm -hmm. is a new feature in the schedule this season i thought of you right away because you're always trying to gamify basketball games further yeah so i thought you'd like this Mm mm-hmm yeah, I, I've not again. I, I'm look. One thing I'm very glad is that I missed schedule release week, where like Shams is reporting. Sources tell me team is going to play team four times so this weird. year on various dates. <laughs> it's very bizarre. I hate it a lot. So glad I missed that. Uh, can you fill me in on what Rivals Week is all about? I'm assuming they <laughs> smack together some teams. Who do they have the Raptors playing on Rivals Week? I don't even know that the Raptors... Oh, no, the Raptors do have one. Um, oh, shoot. Who is it? Mm, is it the Warriors? No, the Warriors are playing the Grizzlies. The Eastern and Western Conference uh, teams are playing. That, that were in the finals are playing each other. Okay. The Clippers and the Lakers are playing each other. The Nets and the Knicks. The Raptors are playing the Warriors. The Warriors. Okay, I was right. So they're in there. Finals rematch. Mm -hmm. Good times. That's so. And then there's rivalries that that have to do with fam, like family members, who play on either team, which is funny to me. So some of these are like quote well-established rivalries, arguable. Um, Some are are born out of last season's playoffs. And yeah, some I think are Minnesota. That's the a league good one. Just yeah. saying, these could be rivals. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they got Bulls Hornets. I'm guessing because it's That's all the it's ball. the balls yeah. and also the MJ yeah. situation. I guess. Yes. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. This is really speaking to me, how, speaking to how few rivals there actually are in the NBA. Katie, we need some, some better ones. Um, but no, I actually like this feature. Just the lack of good rivalries is kind of what's inhibiting it a little bit. You got Nuggets Sixers, the most concocted rivalry of all time because their two players are very good in opposite conferences, and Sixers fans get really mad about that. That's fun. Um, <laughs> but either way, uh, back to the concept of Rivals Week. Katie, mm-hmm. the Raptors are playing the Warriors. If you could go in and do the schedule yourself, which of course you wouldn't because Gene Lee is uh, you know, the, the wizard behind it all. Gene Lee made me feel a fool i could never do the schedule (laughs) myself and that's fine it's better in his hands yeah i think we could probably agree the raptors and warriors is probably not like the best rivalry the raptors have right now although they have played a lot of good games with them in recent years so maybe it Mm -hmm. does qualify but if you had the keys to the schedule just for a day in a hypothetical gene lee has graciously handed it over to you who would you say is the raptors biggest rival right now and who would you have them play during rivals week I mean, there's something to be said for the budding rivalry of the Sixers, I think. Um, mm. I do think the Celtics are always like a permanent yeah. rivalry. It's very um, annoying, but That yeah. seems pretty <laughs> obvious to me. Mm-hmm. The Warriors are interesting because it's also like um, 
a lot of the players who were involved with that now don't play for the Raptors anymore. Yeah, so yeah, totally. I don't think it's like a there's like a holdover rivalry for a lot mm -hmm. of the new players. I think they're like, what? Yeah, Steph's still <laughs> very annoyed by Fred Van Vliet, I'm sure, and all the yeah, defense. That's like on one him. of the the leftovers, yeah. obviously, like <laughs> Pascal and OG, but otherwise, yeah. um, hmm. I think probably the Celtics. I just you know, I just think of uh, all the playoff matchups that Toronto's had against that team. Mm -hmm. Most notably, I think in the bubble. That was the only time they played the playoffs, week. right? Yeah, to to yeah. recreate, have like a stage setting, recreate mm -hmm. the bubble. Yeah, and get rid of the people. Get rid of the people. Bring in the fake just crowd noise again. Crazy crowd noises. The, the fake Taco TV fall screens. Back. Yeah, yeah, like really <laughs> set the stage. Yeah. Um, and and bring out those like deep again not all the players were there but like for the ones that were <laughs> really bring up those like deep feelings no i'd actually now it sounds like i'm advocating for ptsd so yeah pa pascal siakam had a pretty tough bubble yeah, we don't series need to against that. the celtics we don't need my apologies to stuff up again although but maybe that's like the perfect way for him to prove that he's overcome all that and he maybe. goes into this bubble staged game no fans and just destroys Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart at long last after getting punked by them for seven straight games. Um, yeah, it's tough. Like, there are not any really good rivals right now. Like, the Celtics are the closest thing. They've played them once in the playoffs. The Sixers, they've played them twice. Um, but, like, obviously very different iterations of the team both times. The Siakam and Bede thing, like, does kind of give it some juice because there mm -hmm. is, like, a camaraderie, but also, like, obviously some competitiveness between the two there. Um, you get the I whole... I also only gets activated in the playoffs. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, they're yeah. not, there's not a lot of animosity in the no. regular season between those Definitely teams. not. It's just like MB just has a rough time against the Raptors all the time, mm -hmm. basically. Like it, so does everyone though, right? Was yeah, like this is something that you true. hear a lot. People like Sorry, every I just team. Punched my mic. Yeah. That's okay. You were really emphatic. Every team yeah. has been well, like Well, I hit it with the wedding we ring, hate... which is a new uh oh, yeah. projectile used to that. throw at my mic. Yeah. Uh. They're like, We hate playing Toronto. We hate it. Yeah. They're a very annoying yeah. team. So there's a lot of opportunities for rivalries, but they also seem like a nice enough team because no one actually hates them. Yeah. I do wonder if the Pistons might become that team in short order, like Dwayne Casey of it all. At, at some point, the Raptors actually have to beat the Pistons for it to be a rivalry, because yes. right, right now they're just the Pistons' children. Um, <laughs> <laughs> at some point, they might win a game against them and maybe sort of drudge up some some good 401 feelings, perhaps. Um, yeah, it's it's barren like and like they keep on trying to force like is celtic sixers really a rivalry that people care about like it's forced upon us all the time because they're two of the best teams in the east but like i don't really care like it's, it seems like the celtics usually win it's not like they have that much trouble with the sixers i, I don't know we need better rivalries is uh, i think what we've landed on here maybe the mavericks and the suns can land on something good after what happened in the postseason either I'd way like Katie. a deep texas rivalry i'd like one of those mm. teams to you know but the rockets are gonna be good soon the rockets maybe. are gonna be maybe yeah, we'll see uh but like they do have an entire team full of gary trent juniors but uh, you know i'm sure that'll work out just fine um 
anyway, Katie, let's wrap it there. We've gone far too long for a podcast, which we didn't really have a whole lot to talk about when we started it up. But that's yeah. we're, why we're pros. We just, <laughs> you know, we just string a yarn wonderfully. Uh, we'll be back again tomorrow with Big V. But Katie, in the meantime, do you have anything you would like to promote for the good people out there? Uh, well, I already promoted the great interview <clears throat> I did with Gene Lee. That's on Dime. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also wrote two much longer features uh, for uh, ASU's Global Sports uh, Institute for their online magazine called Global Sports Matters. You can find them there. One is about diversity and coaching within the NBA, how the NBA has kind of managed to have like such good representation in its head coaches despite having no formalized rule. But on the flip side of that, this exodus of women they've had leaving uh, the league for opportunities elsewhere. So I interviewed Wes Unsell Jr., the coach of the Wizards for that, as well as Neil Ivey. She was an assistant uh, with Memphis. She's now the head coach of Notre Dame women's program, um, as well as some people in the NBA and the Coaches Association. I also wrote a profile and interviewed Caleb Canales, who was a longtime uh, assistant coach in the league, most notably with the Blazers for 13 seasons. Uh, and then kind of hopped around and is now an assistant on the Mexico national team uh, and left the league. So mm-hmm. different stories of, you know, how coaches navigate, well, not just coaches, people navigate yeah. in and out of the league <laughs> and what the pathways are and, you know, how the league could actually stand to improve quite a lot. Mm-hmm. In any of your conversations with these people, Katie, did you refer to them as coach like people do in uh, scrums all the time? Hey, coach. Uh... I don't, I'm trying to think, no, I, I didn't do that with any of them because it was all like, you know, yeah. these were pretty intimate, like phone conversations, long conversations. Sure. I'm trying to think if I've ever done that with anyone. I did that with, I think I did that with Dwayne Casey. He's just a person he, who... He is like a man who projects, call yes. me coach. It's fine. Yeah. Yes. Um, but no, <laughs> I Can't not... do it with Nick Nurse. This does not work. It's like, I've seen you sing too many songs with yeah. the Arkells to, yeah. to be called something as dignified as coach as your And Casey was the, first, was the first person who I've like felt compelled. It just like came out of my mouth. You know, I didn't yeah. think about it. And it's when I did, I was like, really? You said you said coach? But I could see yeah. people in Dwayne Casey's life calling him coach is the thing. Like he, yes. he's got that vibe. But anyway, uh, we'll wrap it there. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back again again tomorrow with uh, Vivek Jacob. I believe we're going to try to talk about Pascal Siakam and just how darn good he is it seems to go unappreciated at times uh not on this podcast of course we're pro pascal all the time and we will continue that pro pascal agenda tomorrow uh and we will figure out the rest of the week from there it's the off season baby we're waiting for the world to drop news for us to react to so that's what we're gonna do for the rest of the week we're at three shows a week still until the middle of september as well so you have that to uh look forward to i I don't know wait for the return of five a week or take a break in the off season and don't listen to five days of podcasts a week you're not gonna defend me uh i can't land this plane uh we're done we're gonna talk tomorrow bye Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.